Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Defense Diaries. I'm your host, Bob Mata, and today is September 20th, 2022. Now, we just dropped our inaugural episode of Sidebar on the 19th of September, which covered the bombshell motion to vacate the conviction of Adnan Syed. Now, at the time that that first episode was recorded, we were unaware of what date that the hearing on that motion was going to be heard. And much to our surprise and delight, it was heard on Monday, September 19th of 2022, in front of Judge Melissa Finn in the Baltimore City Circuit Court. So yeah, that was yesterday. Now, we here at Defense Diaries were completely unaware of the hearing being set until we saw a tweet from Rabia Ashadri, who has been a tireless advocate of Adnan since the day he had been convicted. Her podcast, Undisclosed, has been instrumental in shedding light and continuing to apply pressure to the state of Maryland as well as the prosecutor's office of the city of Baltimore. So we here at Defense Diaries want to give a huge, huge shout out to Rabia and give her massive props and everyone else who has advocated on behalf of Adnan for the past 23 years because without what they have done, what happened yesterday would never have happened. So let's dig into what actually took place yesterday. So at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Judge Finn called the case to order. Unfortunately, there was no live stream, but a guy named Lee Sanderlin, who's a crime beat reporter for the Baltimore Sun, performed a masterclass of live tweeting and gave all of us that were desperate to hear what was going on in the courtroom the blow by blow. It was so damn good that I'm going to give Lee's Twitter handle a shout right here because the guy deserves followers. So go ahead and do just that and follow him at, at Lee O. Sanderlin. That's L-E-E-O-S-A-N-D-E-R-L-I-N. So this is what went down yesterday in what I consider to be one of the most historic days in American criminal justice jurisprudence history. It was a shining example of the power of advocacy, of podcasts, and of a prosecutor that truly values justice over convictions. I will scream this from the rooftops that Marilyn Mosby is a complete badass and an absolute credit to the office that she holds. And she should be the poster child for every prosecutor in the United States to follow suit and reform what the hell has been going on in this country for hundreds, that's right, hundreds of years. Now, I don't follow Baltimore politics, but from what I have found online, apparently she lost the Democratic primary back in July of this year and will be leaving the office at the end of the year. Now that's a damn shame, but it just goes to show how hard it is to reform a broken system. The thought of accountability in outing lousy prosecutors and corrupt cops is a frightening proposition because of two things, money and power, which always has and always will take precedence over true justice in this country. And it will remain that way unless and until we start voting more people like Mosby into office. But I'll tell you one thing, my friends, she is leaving that office in a blaze of glory and I cannot wait until she leaves office because we will be hitting her up to join us on Defense Diaries to talk criminal justice reform at a deep dive level. But back to yesterday, because we hope that one other thing became crystal clear to all of you out there, and that is just how damn hard it is to reverse a conviction in this country. It's nearly impossible. It took Adnan with everything that was going on in terms of podcasts and HBO documentaries and just a huge amount of supporters and advocates 
really trying to push this forum, it still took 23 years. So keep that in mind and understand that that is what thousands of innocent people that are still sitting in prison who don't have the benefit of everything that happened with Adnan happening for them are fighting against. So our work as a society is far from done. But back to yesterday. So initially when Judge Finn called the case, there was an issue of proper notice being given to Heyman Lee's family so that they had the opportunity to have a meaningful role in what was going on in that courtroom. Now, the Lee family had hired an attorney named Steve Kelly to represent the interests of the family in the courtroom. And he did file a motion that was heard in stanter, which means without delay, to continue the matter until such time that Heyman's brother, Young Lee, could fly in from California to be a part of the proceedings. Now, initially it was thought that Young Lee was going to appear via Zoom, but when the case was called, he was not present on the popular live streaming app. Judge Finn then grilled Becky Feldman, who was the attorney arguing the motion on behalf of the state. Judge Finn wanted to know exactly what type of notice was provided to the Lee family. Feldman advised the court that she had emailed an advanced copy of the motion to young Lee last Tuesday, a day before the motion was filed with the clerk. Judge Finn denied Kelly's motion, but did afford him a half an hour to communicate with young Lee to get him on the Zoom, which, 45 minutes later, he was. Judge Finn then gave Young Lee the opportunity to address the court, and this is what he said. Not verbatim, but it's a very close representation of what he said. Young Lee told Judge Finn this, My heart is kind of pounding right now. I personally wanted to be there in person. I've been living with this for 20 plus years. Every day when I think it's over or it's ended, it always comes back. It's killing me. It's really tough. He finished by telling the court, I trust the courts and the justice system. And this motion blindsided me because I thought the prosecution was on my side. I feel betrayed. But that being said, I'm not against the investigation. It's just tough for me to swallow, especially for my mom. My God, that's just heart-wrenching. And I can't imagine what it's like to be Judge Finn having to make this decision after just having heard that. Especially in consideration of the fact that Heyman Lee is the victim in this matter. The apparent lack of any meaningful communication with the family is a bit unsettling. Now, the Maryland Notice Statute does not delineate a specific time frame in which notice must be given, but it does require that it be a, quote, reasonable amount of time. The turnaround time on this particular motion was extremely quick, a matter of two business days. And my heart just aches for the Lee family because frankly, they deserve to be there. But when you look at it through the lens of the very likely scenario that Adnan Syed has been sitting in prison as an innocent man for 23 years, I can see why Judge Finn was compelled to move forward with the hearing. Now keep in mind that Judge Finn did have the ability not to rule on the motion from the bench, but instead could take it under advisement and rule on a different day. However, that is not the route she chose to take. Next up was Becky Feldman, who presented the state's motion. And as we advised you in the first episode of Sidebar, she briefly ran through the state's motion, highlighting for the court the motion's strongest points and then proceeds to ask the court to vacate the conviction, to release Adnan on his own recognizance, and to set a new trial. With that, she took a seat, 
Now, we went through the motion in great detail on the last episode, so if you want to hear it, go back and give it a listen. We were, per usual, thorough with the breakdown. After such time, Erica Suter, Adnan's attorney, did exactly what she should have done, which is basically say nothing, as there was nothing that she could have added that would have bolstered the state's motion. So after both sides had their say, at 3.09 p.m., Judge Finn, in the interest of justice, vacated the conviction of Adnan Syed. She then ordered his release under home detention and instructed the bailiffs to remove his shackles in the courtroom. My God, that must have given everyone in the courtroom goosebumps. And then she proceeded to order a new trial with a date to be determined. And that was that. There was no processing Adnan Syed out of prison. He was free to walk out of that courtroom and out of that courthouse and walk out, he did, to a cacophony of cheers as supporters were waiting for him to walk out of those doors on this day, as they had been for the last 23 years. His number one supporter, Rabia Chaudhry, walked out of the courthouse with their arms locked in unison in what must have been one of the most surreal and fulfilling moments of her life. Simultaneous to that happening, Marilyn Mosby was in front of the mics, about to give her press conference, when the roar of the crowd stopped her in her tracks. She looked over at what was causing the ruckus and saw that Adnan had just walked out of the courthouse. And with yet another class move, she said, and I quote, I will wait, because that, pointing at Adnan standing on the courthouse steps, is what this is all about. And after a short period of time, she gave the following speech. Good afternoon, everyone. Since the inception of my administration, I've made it clear that the sole mission of my office is to safeguard communities in Baltimore through the effective prosecution of crime. And in order to fulfill this mission, our prosecutors have been sworn to not only aggressively advocate on behalf of victims of crime, but when the evidence exists, to exonerate those that have been falsely accused or convicted. The public has to know that justice is the only barometer of success for my office. And justice over convictions is not only our mantra, but our mission. And since the start of the administration, my office has paid this mission forward, which is why we created the first conviction integrity unit in the entire state of Maryland, a unit dedicated to reinvestigating claims of actual innocence, a unit that is and now a national model replicated throughout the country and the state and has already successfully exonerated 12 innocent men who cumulatively served 300 years in prison for crimes they did not commit. Justice over convictions is ultimately the reason why my office created in December of 2020 a sentencing review unit where my prosecutors review and modify the excessive sentences of juvenile lifers in the elderly prison population to ensure racial equity in a state that disproportionately incarcerates more black and brown people than any other state in the nation. This unit, which is only the second in the state of Maryland to exist, is headed by former deputy public defender of Maryland, Becky Feldman. We've already modified and recommended the release of over 40 individuals, none of whom have reoffended since the inception of the unit. My sentencing review unit is responsible for the year-long collaborative investigation into this case and today's motion to vacate the conviction of Adnan Saeed. The vacature statute, which was drafted, lobbied, 
testified to in Annapolis by my office, despite the opposition of almost every one of my, my colleagues across the state, with the exception of Aisha Braveboy, this vacature statute is responsible for today's outcome. As we are all aware, Adnan Saeed stood trial twice for the homicide of 17-year-old Heyman Lee. A jury in 2000 found him guilty of premeditated murder, kidnapping, robbery, and false imprisonment, and the judge sentenced him to lifeless 30 years in prison. Saeed ultimately appealed that decision again and again. For the past seven years, my office provided permission for the original and appellate jurisdiction over the case to a attorney general, the attorney general's office under the direction of Brian Frosch, where, as all you guys are all aware, both trial judges and appellate courts denied Saeed's post-conviction motions. In 2018, Maryland's Court of Special Appeals determined Saeed was entitled to a new trial only for the state's top court to overrule that opinion the following year. And then finally, appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court, the review was declined in 2019. The way that it happened this time, in 2021, Saeed's attorneys, Erica Suter, who you will hear from momentarily from the Office of the Public Defender, appealed to my office and brought the case to the attention of Becky Feldman in my sentencing review unit after the Juvenile Restoration Act passed in April of 2021. This act allows people convicted of crimes as juveniles to request a modification of sentence after they have served more than 20 years incarceration. Mr. Saeed qualified because he spent more than 22 years. Becky Feldman subsequently led a year, nearly a year long exhaustive investigation reviewing the substantive facts of this case where several problematic issues were presented and thereafter leading my office to file a motion to vacate the conviction of Adnan Saeed. Vacature, as we all have learned today, is a legal mechanism that once again was drafted, lobbied, testified to, and was integral in ensuring that my office was integral in ensuring that it passed which provides prosecutors with a legal mechanism for the removal of a conviction based off of newly discovered evidence that calls into question the integrity of a conviction based on the interests of fairness and justice. Through our review, our reinvestigation revealed that the original prosecutors and the subsequent prosecutors in the Attorney General's office failed to disclose relevant information about alternative suspects, one of whom threatened to kill the victim and had motive to kill the victim, and both of whom had a pattern of violence against women. Our investigation suggests that the two suspects may have been involved individually or may have been involved together in the death of that beautiful young woman. Once again, through our review, our investigation uncovered that one of the suspects threatened Miss Lee, saying he would, he would make her disappear, he would kill her. We also received information that provided motive for that same alternative suspects. That information was never disclosed to the defendant and is the basis in, of the Brady violation that the judge has deemed. We also determined in our investigation that one of the alternative suspects was violent towards a woman and forcibly confined her before Adnan Saeed's trial. The other suspect has had a history of sexual assault. None of that information was provided to defense counsel by either the original prosecutor or the attorney general's office where the original case file still sits. 
It was through our investigation. We also learned that during the original investigation, one of the suspects were improperly cleared by investigators based on faulty polygraph tests and a faulty cell site evidence that was used against Adnan Saeed that simply wouldn't stand up in court today. And finally, we found that the previous misconduct of one of the homicide detectives in the Saeed's case, a detective that was negatively Im implicated in my, my office's first exoneree, Malcolm Bryant, contributed to a wrongful conviction in a separate, that, that separate 1999 murder case. For all of those reasons, my office petitioned the court jointly with Erica Suter from the Office of the Public Defender and asked that Adnan Saeed be given a new trial where he is adequately represented and the latest evidence presented in the interests of fairness and justice, which is and has always been the hallmark of my administration as state's attorney for Baltimore City. At this stage, a trial has been set, set in for a new trial date because we're not yet declaring, not yet declaring Adnan Saeed is innocent, but we are declaring that in the interest of fairness and justice, he is entitled to a new trial. And because this is an ongoing case, there are limits to what I can say in this matter, but it is imperative that we start the process of securing a new trial with adequate representation for Mr. Saeed to ensure that the family of Ms. Heyman Lee knows with full confidence that the person responsible for her death and the death of their loved one will be held accountable. Ms. Lee's family deserve closure. They deserve justice and we intend to fight for that. And while this is just one step in a long fight to make sure the legal system in Baltimore is fair and just for all, I want to reiterate to the residents of Baltimore, as I do, as I always have done, that so long as I'm at the helm of state's attorney, I will remain committed to ensuring and pursuing justice and equality for all under the law, which includes victims, witnesses, accusers, and the accused. I said this four months following the death of Freddie Gray, and I'm saying it four months before the end of my term. Justice is always worth the price paid for its pursuit. Thank you. Now, as you heard in that bit of sound, Marilyn Mosby is not the only hero of the day, as she was joined at the podium by Becky Feldman, who really spearheaded the year-long investigation and convinced Mosby that the motion to vacate needed to be filed. At last count, Feldman is single-handedly responsible for freeing 40 innocent men that had been serving life sentences. And you wanna know what my favorite thing about Becky Feldman is? She was a former public defender. That's right, a criminal defense attorney turned prosecutor who decided that the best way that she could help her clients and others like them was to join forces with the enemy and attack it head on from the inside of the prosecutor's office. Pretty damn good plan. What an advocate. What a credit to the profession. Becky Feldman's another one we're going to get on the pod. So Adnan for the first time in 23 years, left the courthouse with his family and friends to head home, to sit on a couch for the first time in 23 years, to eat leftovers from the fridge for the first time in 23 years, and to hug his family without a prison guard telling him no contact for the first time in 23 years. It was a truly breathtaking day. And I must tell you, 
As someone who has been in the trenches, who has fought these very fights for the last 20 years myself, I was an absolute puddle yesterday. I was thrilled and proud and thankful and also aware. Aware that there's a family out there. A family that was assured by the state of Maryland and the city of Baltimore that they had brought the man who had killed their daughter and sister and friend to justice. And by all accounts, they were misled. Terribly and heartbreakingly misled. So as joyous as yesterday was for many people and for many reasons, it was equally devastating for some as there now sits a family left in agonizing pain, left to relive again the brutal crime that robbed them of Heyman Lee, as once again a trial will have to take place. The question is, who exactly will stand trial to answer for these crimes? Will it be Adnan? Possibly. As you heard Mosby in her press conference clearly state that the state at this point is not willing to say that Adnan is innocent. Or will it be one or both of the two additional mystery suspects that Mosby said had means, motive, an opportunity to commit the crimes. If you follow DD, you know exactly what those terms mean. What we know at this point is there is additional DNA testing that is being done on the evidence that was found at the scene and on Heyman Lee's person. Ms. Mosby stated that they will be doing everything in their power to expedite the testing because they're on the clock. They don't have months or years to try to figure out what's what. They have 30 days pursuant to statute to either nolly-pross or dismiss the charges or proceed to trial against Adnan. Now it's clear, as the state is saying without saying it, that they do not believe that Adnan is the guy. But one thing is absolutely certain. The state did not go into this motion without considering the all-important factor that Heyman Lee and her family must get justice. You don't have to read the tea leaves to know that the state is building a case against one or both of the additional suspects, and I believe they are just waiting for that last bit of smoking gun evidence, which, of course, is the DNA. Now, if they can't get the results of the DNA back in 30 days, the state, quite frankly, is going to be in a tough spot. I want to be clear to all of you out there that while Adnan walked out of prison yesterday, he is not a free man, not yet. He is free of being locked in a cage in favor of being confined to his home, which of course is a massive upgrade, but there is still much work to be done before we can say he is a free man and has been fully exonerated. I believe that day is coming and in short order. And you can be certain of one thing, that when the news breaks on the next chapter of this story, that we will be here for you on Sidebar to tell you all about it in great detail. So thanks for listening, and don't forget to listen to Defense Diaries, because Darren and I think it's pretty damn good. Talk at you later. <laughs>